against most AI risk analogies. By Matthew Barnett. I dislike most AI risk analogies that I've seen people use. While I think analogies can be helpful for explaining a concept to people for the first time, I think they are frequently misused, and often harmful. The fundamental problem is that analogies are consistently mistaken for, and often deliberately intended as arguments for particular AI risk positions. And the majority of the time when analogies are used this way, I think they are misleading and imprecise, routinely conveying the false impression of a specific, credible model of AI, even when no such credible model exists. Here is a random list of examples of analogies that I found in the context of AI risk. 1. Stuart Russell. It's not exactly like inviting a superior alien species to come and be our slaves forever, but it's sort of like that. 2. Rob Wiblin. It's a little bit like trying to understand how octopuses are going to think or how they'll behave, except that octopuses don't exist yet, and all we get to do is study their ancestors, the sea snail, and then we have to figure out from that what's it like to be an octopus. 3. Eliezer Yudkowsky. The character this AI plays is not the AI. The AI is an unseen actress who, for now, is playing this character. This potentially backfires if the AI gets smarter. 4. Nate Sorares, my guess for how AI progress goes is that at some point, some team gets an AI that starts generalizing sufficiently well, sufficiently far outside of its training distribution, that it can gain mastery of fields like physics, bioengineering, and psychology and in the same stroke that its capabilities leap forward, its alignment properties are revealed to be shallow, and to fail to generalize. The central analogy here is that optimizing apes for inclusive genetic fitness, IGF, doesn't make the resulting humans optimize mentally for IGF. 5. Norbert Wiener. When a machine constructed by us is capable of operating on its incoming data at a pace which we cannot keep, we may not know, until too late, when to turn it off. We all know the fable of the sorcerer's apprentice. 6. Jeffrey Hinton. It's like nuclear weapons. If there's a nuclear war, we all lose. And it's the same with these things taking over. 7. Joe Carl Smith. I think a better analogy for AI is something like an engineered virus, where, if it gets out, it gets harder and harder to contain, and it's a bigger and bigger problem. 8. Ajaya Kotra. Corporations might be a better analogy in some sense than the economy as a whole. They're made of these human parts, but end up pretty often pursuing things that aren't actually something like an uncomplicated average of the goals and desires of the humans that make up this machine, which is the Coca-Cola Corporation or something. 9. Ezra Klein. As my colleague Ross Douthat wrote, this is an act of summoning. The coders casting these spells have no idea what will stumble through the portal. 10. Splug. AI risk is like Terminator. AI might get real smart and decide to kill us all. We need to do something about it. These analogies cover a wide scope, and many of them can indeed sometimes be useful in conveying meaningful information. My point is not that they are never useful, but rather that these analogies are generally shallow and misleading. They establish almost nothing of importance about the behavior and workings of real AIs but nonetheless give the impression of a model for how we should think about AIs. And notice how these analogies can give this impression of a model even when the speaker is not directly asserting it to be a model. Regardless of the speaker's intentions, I think the actual effect is frequently to plant a detailed yet false picture in the audience's mind, giving rise to specious ideas about how real AIs will operate in the future. 
Plus, these analogies are frequently chosen selectively, picked on the basis of evoking a particular favored image, rather on the basis of identifying the most natural point of comparison possible. Consider this example from Ajaya Kotra. Quote. Rob Wiblin. I wanted to talk for a minute about different analogies and different mental pictures that people use in order to reason about all of these issues. Are there any other mental models or analogies that you think are worth highlighting? Ajaya Kotra. Another analogy that actually a podcast that I listened to made. It's an art podcast, so did an episode on AI as AI art started to really take off, was that it's like you're raising a lion cub, or you have these people who raise baby chimpanzees, and you're trying to steer it in the right directions. And maybe it's very cute and charming, but fundamentally it's alien from you. It doesn't necessarily matter how well you've tried to raise it or guide it, it could just tear off your face when it's an adult. End quote. Is there any reason why Kotra chose chimpanzee as the point of comparison when golden retriever would have been equally valid? Well, plausibly, she didn't choose golden retriever because that would have undermined her point. I agree that if her goal was to convey the logical possibility of misalignment, then the analogy to golden retrievers might not have worked. But if her goal was to convey the plausibility of misalignment, or anything like a mental model of how we should think of AI, I see no strong preference for one over the other. The mere fact that one analogy provokes a negative image and the other provokes a positive image seems, by itself, no basis for any preference in usage. Or consider the analogy to human evolution. If you are trying to convey the logical possibility of inner misalignment, the analogy to human evolution makes sense. But if you are attempting to convey the plausibility of inner alignment, or a mental model of inner alignment, why not choose instead to analogize AI with within-lifetime learning among humans? Indeed, as Quinton Pope has explained, the evolution analogy seems to have some big disadvantages compared to alternatives. Quote. Human behavior in the ancestral environment versus human behavior in the modern environment isn't a valid example of behavioral differences between training and deployment environments. Humans weren't trained in the ancestral environment, then deployed in the modern environment. Instead, humans are continuously trained throughout our lifetimes via reward signals and sensory predictive error signals. Humans in the ancestral and modern environments are different training runs. As a result, human evolution is not an example of greater than we trained the system in environment A. Then, the trained system processed a different distribution of inputs from environment B, and now the system behaves differently. It's an example of greater than we trained a system in environment A. Then, we trained a fresh version of the same system on a different distribution of inputs from environment B, and now the two different systems behave differently. End quote. Many proponents of AI risk seem happy to critique analogies when they don't support the desired conclusion. Such as the anthropomorphic analogy. Sometimes, AI risk proponents seem happy to critique the analogies they imagine other people might use. Quote. Rob Wiblin. The shrinking number of people who are not troubled by any of this at all, I assume that most of them have a different analogy in mind, which is like a can opener or a toaster. Okay, that's a little bit silly. To be more sympathetic, the analogy that they have in their mind is that this is a tool that we've made, that we've designed. Ajaya Kotra. Like Google Maps. I think the real disanalogy between Google Maps and all of this stuff and AI systems, is that we are not producing these AI systems in the same way that we produced Google Maps.
by some human sitting down, thinking about what it should look like, and then writing code that determines what it should look like. End quote. To be clear, I agree Google Maps is a bad analogy. But are their own analogies any better? My point is not simply, use a different analogy. My point is that we should stop relying on analogies in the first place. Use detailed object-level arguments instead. While their purpose is to provide knowledge in place of ignorance, to explain an insight or a concept, I believe many AI risk analogies primarily misinform or confuse people rather than enlighten them. They can insert unnecessary false assumptions in place of real understanding. The basic concept they are intended to convey may be valuable to understand, but riding along with that concept is a giant heap of additional speculation. Part of this is that I don't share other people's picture about what AIs will actually look like in the future. This is only a small part of my argument, because my main point is that that we should use analogies much less frequently at all. But it still plays a significant role in my frustration at what's going on here. Maybe you think, for example, that the alien and animal analogies are great for independent reasons that I'm totally missing. But it's still hard for me to see that. At least, let me compare my picture, and you can see where I'm coming from. The default picture, as I see it, the thing that seems to me like a straightforward extrapolation of current trends in 2024 into the medium-term future, as AIs match and begin to slightly exceed human intelligence, looks nothing like the caricatures evoked by most of the standard analogies. In contrast to the AIs will be alien model, I expect AIs will be born directly into our society, deliberately shaped by us, for the purpose of filling largely human-shaped holes in our world. They will be socially integrated with us and will likely substantially share our concepts about the social and physical world, having been trained on our data and being fluent in our languages. They will interact with us constantly, assisting us, working with us, and even providing friendship to hundreds of millions of people. AIs will be evaluated, inspected, and selected by us, and their behavior will be determined directly by our engineering. I feel this picture is a relatively simple extension of existing trends, with LLMs, already being trained to be kind and helpful to us, and collaborate with us, having first been shaped by our combined cultural output. I expect this trend of assimilation into our society will intensify in the foreseeable future, as there will be consumer demand for AIs that people can trust and want to interact with. Progress will likely be incremental rather than appearing suddenly with the arrival of a super-powerful agent. And perhaps most importantly, I expect oversight and regulation will increase dramatically over time as AIs begin having large-scale impacts. It is not my intention to paint a picture of uniform optimism here. There are still plenty of things that can go wrong in the scenario I have presented. And much of it is underspecified because I simply do not know what the future will bring. But at the very least, perhaps you can now sympathize with feeling that most existing AI risk analogies are deeply frustrating, given my perspective. Again, I am not claiming analogies have no place in AI risk discussions. I've certainly used them a number of times myself. But I think they can, and frequently are used carelessly, and seem to regularly slip various incorrect illustrations of how future AIs will behave into people's mental models, even without any intent from the person making the analogy. In my opinion, it would be a lot better if, overall, we reduced our dependence on AI risk analogies, and in their place substituted them with specific object-level points. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for Less Wrong. It was first published on January 14, 2024. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.